I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. Hi, I'm here with Coach Valerie Priester today, and we want to talk about growing too fast. Now, you might think, that's impossible. I want to grow. <laughs> why Why would it be a bad thing to grow too fast? What could possibly be wrong? Well, there's a whole little, whole little set of problems that, that run with getting those big jobs and being really excited about it and saying, oh, good grief. Now I could actually lease that studio space. <gasps> I can hire some help. Mm. This is what I need to do. <laughs> Valerie, have you seen this happen a few times? <laughs> I have seen this happen a few times and, and, and really we, you know, it's a good thing to be in that position where you're growing and you see your success actually right there in front of you. That's a good thing, but sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves and that can be really dangerous for us. Yeah, absolutely. So the, you know, the getting ahead part is, is kind of like, okay, now I'm going to lease the studio space. Cool. Right. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a coming of age piece, right? Is to have yes, that, man. that place where you land, your name on the, on the building, that kind of thing. It's pretty good, but it's also expensive. Yes. Right? It's it also, yeah, 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 yeah. And one and, of the things we have to, you know, remember, Terry, is that there's, there's a, there's always a right time, but like you said, we get excited because we've reached this milestone. I know even in my own business, one of the milestones was, getting my own office. And that was exciting. It was really exciting. But we've got to make sure we pay attention to, is it the right time for that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have many, many memories of that. And, and, uh, you know, the time I, I bought an office space for, for my, my business. And, you know, what a, what a great thing to do. But, but the actual driving up that day and seeing that big sign on the wall with my name on it <laughs> just totally took me out. Just totally. I had no idea it was going to be so public and that my name would be so big. <laughs> like, ah, ah, you know, you know, and in, and in my case, it was a stretch goal. I mean, this was my, my, my mom had a series of beauty shops. I actually had five or six of them, but the one mm -hmm. that lasted the longest she had for over 30 years and paid rent for 30 years. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, good grief. In 30 years, you could pay off a mortgage. That's Why right. wouldn't you do this? Yeah. Yeah. So leaping into this, okay, okay, great. I'll get out of my house. I'll get all the people out of my house. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. When, and it was, but it did cause some financial hardship. Mm -hmm. It was a struggle. Mm -hmm. It was a struggle. And I leased half of it to start with just to get into it, to get it, to get it going to, so that somebody mm -hmm. else would pay the other side. But it was a big bite. And then there was the build out. There was all the built in yeah. stuff I had to do because we had big libraries then and set up for my staff and, you know, big, a big piece besides the payroll that I already had. Right. 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 That adds yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what what's happening? What we see happening, you know, and more more than once is that our designers, our students, we're really good at getting them into big jobs. You know, yeah. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> and they make more money. So yes. Oh yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, they do. Right. And that's what we're all about. And it's a lot of fun, right? It's really cool. However, however, sometimes the enthusiasm of that increases spending. And yeah. perhaps spending before you're really ready, right? So the question becomes, so I've got a couple of great jobs. I finally did it. I'm on my way. Why can't I have a studio space? Why can't right. I have full-time employees? Yes. yes yeah? yeah. Well. And, and, and that's a legit question. I mean, it is because you're looking at, I'm, I'm doing well. The business is doing well, right? And I deserve this. Yes. That's another one. I deserve this. <laughs> and you do. You and you do. do. Yeah, and you do, and you do. Although sometimes, sometimes a little premature because a couple of good jobs, even Whopper jobs, even, you know, $800,000 jobs with a, you know, with a $100,000 design fee attached to them. I mean, we're pulling those things off. Even that doesn't mean that you have built a business that's now going to run at that level. Right. And sustain these additional costs. Right. And, uh-huh. and you know, for the most part, the, those jobs are great and you'll probably get more of those jobs, but it won't be something that is every single month or every quarter you have that level of job coming in. Right. Exactly. And so if you haven't established a sustainable income at that level, it may not be the right time to open your own studio or bring in extra staff members. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and Terry, what about how, how you bring in like staff members? Cause I think that's important too. Well, it is, it is. There's a big difference between hiring an in-person full-time employee with taxes and a responsibility actually for them because they're relying on you to pay their rent. Right. Okay. So you, you know, there's some responsibility there as opposed to building out your staff with virtual people or, or fractional hires where you're not responsible for somebody's entire life. You're just hiring the piece that you actually need. That's right. right. That's right. And think about the, the stress that's added when you when you bring on all of a sudden four or five employees that you're mm-hmm. responsible for. You're responsible for maybe their health care, you're responsible for their taxes, all of those things. Yeah. That adds stress to you with really, you know, feeling like, oh, I have to make payroll. Yes. And, and that's never a good feeling. Like you're just working to make payroll. Yeah. And that's not why we, that's not why we're doing this. That's not it. That's not it. Right. But, but it can easily happen because, you know, the reality is that a couple good jobs doesn't make a new business. Now, good jobs over a period of a year and a half, two years, I think you got it. Okay. You're, you're up there. Yeah. You know, it's going to stabilize. But what can happen during that year and a half, two years is you recreate, you create a savings account. You create some backup for your business, right? Because once you start running that, the, the, the space and the payroll, you know, you can be looking at, I know mine was about 60,000 a month. So, you know, that's. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's hefty. Yeah, that's hefty. That's, you know, three quarters of a million just, just 
you know, running it before, you know, before any profit or anything happens. So, you know, the onus is on, on you to be able to produce the amount of income to actually pull that off. And that takes a little time. It's not, you know, we, we can get you the big jobs pretty quickly, but to get them consistently and create that level of business takes a couple of years. Yeah, it takes time to build that up. It really does. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and an area where I, you know, thought about too, when we talk about the, the whole mindset piece of this is, you know, sometimes we get caught up in comparing ourselves and, and thinking, well, you know, Susie has that and, and that's what I want. That's what, how I want it to work. Right. And so we fall into this, oh, well, I'm just going to do it now and not really think about it strategically. Is it the right time? Can my business really support it? Right. On a continuous basis. And, and get out of the comparison because your vision for your business is your vision. And it doesn't have to look like anyone else, but you have to make sure that whatever that vision is, you can sustain that vision. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're trying not you're trying to get out of this big high and low thing, right? These yeah. big high and yeah. low income things. It's like you don't want to create more of that too soon. You want to be thoughtful about how you build this out. Right. And there's a strategic way, you know, in what you do it. You look at what are your needs, right? What do you need first? Exactly. Who do you need to hire first? Do you need the studio in this moment, right? Or even do you need a large studio? Maybe it's a small one. It's true. But you have to look at the needs and assess it from your business and your income and what's coming in. Exactly. And then what what would the benefit be? Yes. <laughs> you know, how yes. are you going to yeah. use it? I mean, are you going to use it to to present jobs? Are you going to use it to draw leads? I mean, what is what is the purpose of that studio? And is it is it really going to fill that need? That's right. right? That's a good point. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. And and by the same the same thought pattern is when we talk about hiring people, the first thing everybody wants to hire is a design assistant. You yes. know? <laughs> and it's like why do you want to give away the part that you like to do? <laughs> you know, you enjoy those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we are- and that's what I love about you know working with our students, Terry, and and how you help them to be able to get clear on you know when it's time to bring on staff members and who should come first and how you should use them. Right? Those are all things that we work with our students on, so that you're clear when you bring on new members into your business and you're clear how you're going to use them and how it benefits you to continue to grow the business. Exactly. I think that's an area where people get stuck. It's like, I'm not sure who I need to bring on, but I know I need to bring a lot of people. <laughs> and you may not need to bring a lot of people right now. It's true. It's true. Or or I need help right now, and then you knee-jerk and grab the first live body that shows up. Not a good plan. <laughs> not a That's good plan. That's another big one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's another big one, right? Yeah. Your your friend or your neighbor or, you know, and, and, and really looking at the skill set of the person that you need to bring in, the um, their personality, right? Because they yeah. have to fit within your culture. Absolutely. And all of these things are things that you have to consider when you're hiring someone and just not hiring that warm body. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, it, and it's and it's easy to knee jerk. <laughs> yeah. ah, I'm yeah. in trouble. I need help. Yeah. But but somebody who's not trained 
is not helpful. <laughs> All that did was add another job to your list. Now you have to be a teacher, right? And now you have to think of what they need done every morning. It's like, that's not it. That's, yeah, that's not yeah. it. it it's, mm-hmm. it's being strategic about this and figuring out what it is that you need help with that somebody else could do and getting real mm-hmm. specific about what those tasks are and yeah. what the person's background and education experience should be in order to be able to do those things. Right. right? That's so true. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. Perry, you had to give a, a, a measure or, a, you know, a, a bar of you should be at this level when you consider bringing in staff members. Is there an income range? Is there, you know, something that they can say that, okay, this is my measure when it's time to really bring someone in? Or does that depend on your your workload? Well, it depends on your workload and the income you're producing from it. Okay. Very okay. often we have students come in with a huge workload. I mean, they're stacked with jobs, but none of them are making any money to speak of. So mm-hmm. while so all it's done is made this person incredibly busy. I mean, they're working 60, 70 hours a week and not mm-hmm. not getting anything out of it. So, mm-hmm. y- you know, fixing that part first, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Saying, okay, yeah. great, you're running 22 jobs. Terrific. They all ought to be running at least 30% profit, at least, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can't, or you can't afford any of this, right? And you should be paying yourself. Okay. If, if you can't pay yourself for what you're doing, you really don't have a business yet. You still got it. You're still in the hobby stage, right? So, you, you know, you've got to realize that you as the designer in the job is part of the job cost and, and, it, and the job needs to pay the designer, you, for the work you did within that job. And if the business can't support that, well, we need to fix that first. <laughs> we right. can't be hiring right. people yeah. and, and finding studio spaces before, you know, we get that going. Cause once you start looking at that job profitability individually, right? So that you know that everything you take on is going to be profitable and you have a pretty good idea how much that profit will be. You can actually see your profit line. You can actually see what's coming in and how much you've got to work with and how that's all going to work. Yeah. Right. yeah, and that's so important. And that, that, again, that's, you know, some of the things that we help our students to really realize is the profit, because a lot of times they don't know what the profit is. They don't even know if they're making a profit, It's right? true, yeah. Um, would you say too, Terry, that sometimes it, it, it may not be so much about bringing in so many people at one time, but it may be more that there's not processes in place to help you not work 80 hours a week? Exactly, and do everything from scratch over and over right. and over again. Yes, right. absolutely. Absolutely. And once those processes are in place, then it's really easy to hire somebody and say, here's the process. Do this, yeah. <laughs> right? And here it yeah. is all yeah. laid out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I so, think it's easier then to even determine like who you need to hire. Once you have a clear process of how you're, you know, handling your project and handling your clients, then I think it becomes easier for you to identify the areas in which you need help instead of just hiring people. Well, it's true. Instead of hiring a body and then hoping that you'll find, you know, people hire a body and then, oh, I need to find her something for her to do. She, I'm paying her. her. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, that, that doesn't make sense, guys. <laughs> something wrong with this, <clears throat> this entirely. Yes. Right. So, so once you identify those sequences, those things that you do that can be repeated and th- there's a whole lot of stuff in a design business that's repeatable. Okay. Yeah. It, everything except your creativity. 
Yeah. Okay. Your creative, your creativity stands alone in the center, like the shining light, right? You know, the star <laughs> in the middle. But everything else, everything else, can be developed into a system. This is how we do this. This is how we do that. Right. Yeah. And and one of the things that that uh, you know designers always tell me is they they think they need somebody with a design background to work for them. Actually, no. It's you're better off without. Because, you know, the design is what you don't want to give away. I mean, that's your, that's your jam. That's what makes you happy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's all that other stuff, right? And, and hiring somebody who, who wants to be a designer and isn't, and then having them do all this admin stuff makes for an unhappy employee. That's and unhappy right. employees don't do good work and don't stay with you and don't, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. And and if you get somebody who wants to be the designer, then you're in the position of training them to do these things so that they can go off and have their own business. And right. by the way, take a couple of your clients with them when they go to do it. Let me tell you, been there, done that. You know, it's it's that's not fun. Not fun. No, it's not fun. And it's it's kind of upsetting feel i've always felt kind of taken advantage of because i didn't i didn't really get what i was looking for and i gave so much to and it's great i'm glad they're they've got good careers they're doing great Uh, that's that's fine that's really fine i mean there's no but but in terms of running a business that's a bit of a struggle so so when you start getting clear about what you actually need and and how it relates to where you're actually going as you said right in the beginning what's what's your vision of where you want to end up with this business. Because we so often get distracted about what somebody else is doing and how that looks. Well, that looks really cool. And look what she's got. And it may not even be what you want. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, so getting, getting um, really clear then in the beginning about what, what counts, what counts for you. Right. And then, and then what we're really good at is taking that vision and reverse engineering it and figuring out how we can get you there. What are the steps that you need yeah. to do piece by piece to get to that vision and have it run the way you want? And that could be three big jobs a year and you run them out of your basement, if you would, or it could yeah. be 22 jobs and you got a studio on a main street with a big sign and you're working for all the builders and developers. It's up to you, whatever that is, but mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. I guess really your vision and then having a strategic plan to accomplish that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and knowing that, like we said, knowing when to bring people on, knowing when to get the big studio, all of that is a part of your strategic plan. Exactly. And so when you set that plan in motion, then it makes it so much easier for you. And it's not, it doesn't cause stress. It doesn't cause overwhelm. It doesn't cause you to be burnout because now again, you're working to try to meet all of these expenses as opposed to doing what you really love, which is design. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And with that, We'll we'll leave you with design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. Bye now. Bye, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're learning, head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com and book a clarity call. This is the perfect way to chat with one of our coaches about where you are in your business and what your next best step needs to be to make your design business profitable and enjoyable. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. So until next week, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth.